When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Worst Idea of All Time with Tim Bat. Hello. And Guy Montgomery. We have just watched uh, The Fate of the Furious for the eighth and final time. But we didn't do it alone. We have a very special guest today. We are joined by Patty Harrison. Hello, Patty. Hi. How are you? I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm pissed. What's happened? It's, it's so early. Yeah. It's the earliest I think in my life I've watched a movie that I didn't want to watch. <laughs> Is that true? Hmm? I think so. And um, we invaded your space too. We came in here. Yeah. It um what time did we get here? Like we nine AM? Nine oh five we got here. You got here after. Yeah. We got here. We arrived simultaneously with your breakfast. Here's what we did. I picked up a big backpack of stuff, microphones, mm-hmm. a big old laptop. We went and got a coffee, and then we headed round to Patty's apartment thing and strolled in here. I'm rearranging HDMI cables. I'm plugging things into TVs so that we can get the full cinema experience of The Fate of the Furious. Going into the, you guys going in the bathroom, not flushing the toilet, leaving big (laughs) loafs in there. Oh, look. We so don't even big, get into all that. Big, yeah, there's a lot. That was yeah, there a gift. That's a bit of backstage banter between the friends. Toilet. That's a New Zealand <laughs> pa- thing. Each painted the toilet. <laughs> the hand smears were, I agree, an unnecessarily detailed <laughs> touch. <laughs> you've actually been a very gracious host. You, we arrive with your breakfast. You bring us into your home. You've lit, a, you've lit, lit, you've lit a candle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we all sat down and did... <laughs> What I would say was a pretty unique version of watching the movie. Yeah. Um, Patty, watching a movie with you, this movie specifically, was a unique delight. It's a bad experience. No, no. It was very positive. I hate this movie. Yeah. I have felt trapped by this movie. And you kind of, your observation of our relationship to the movie and what we do, actually, it was quite powerful. It took steps to help set me free. <laughs> well, I think... I think that's the some. I think that's the dysmorphia of mental illness is that you can't when you're tunneled into your own um, horrible toxic patterns of behavior and it it's you know it goes past becoming a pattern into being your becoming your temperament. You have a hard time of actually being able to see yourself. So you need someone who has a more objective point of view about you who maybe doesn't know you very well mm. to look at the way that you're living and say, hey, you're hurting people and those people that you're hurting are yourselves. Oh, wow. That, I mean, your advice to us, and I hate to bring <laughs> something out of the context of being on the mic to on the mm. mic, but you said you guys should kill yourselves <laughs> for your own good. For Yeah, for your own good, because it's it's like you have to get rid of the toxic people in your lives and you are the toxic people in your own lives. 
Damn. And I say that with like compassion. Yeah, I think I'm it would be a compassionate that. gesture. If you... I'm hearing the compassion and the warmth yeah. behind the suggestion that we kill ourselves to sort of end <laughs> our own suffering um, with this podcast, which has been going on for a very long time now. Um, but I would like to echo what Guy said there. Uh, it was it was nice um, watching it oh, yeah. here with you it's, today. I had a lot of fun. Place. I I also I didn't realize that I had seen this movie before, and then I watched as we were watching it. I was like, oh yeah, I have seen this movie. You've seen all of them before. I haven't seen the most recent one, but I've seen all the other ones, including okay. this one. And w- do you have any concept of how this one stacks up against the others in terms of quality? One of the worst. Yeah, that's what mm. that's what everyone it's, said. Yeah, it's quality. It's just so it just Which is, is so an algorithm exciting. movie at this point. This is the eighth time we've seen this, but now we get to watch seven later on. Um, which I'm so excited for. But what was kind of interesting um to see you guys watch a movie that you've seen eight times and it kinda you you weren't as I thought you'd be like I don't know more tapped into what was going on, but it kind of looks like you, the movies bludgeoned you into like <laughs> this weird, like awake right. REM sleep. This yeah, a, it's a hard movie. Kind of like it's a hard movie to tap into. It's though. Also, yeah, it's also um, this is reflective of what you were saying before. Where if it's just Tim and I, we we sort of resist the urge to talk to one another and both kind of push each other to concentrate on the movie. But you, <laughs> you sort of were lying down and <laughs> trying different body positions and sort of just. You know, we were having quite entertaining conversation. Then every 15 minutes, you'd say, was that CGI? (laughs) And, you know, we'd rewind for one frame. Well, it just felt like if I stayed too... If I looked at the screen for... If I sat and actually looked at what was happening on the screen for more than, like, five minutes at a time, I could feel, like, fluid build up in different parts, of, like, bile building up. And yeah. It just felt... I would feel, like, nauseated. Because I think if you watch it, it's, it's the kind of movie where if you start to understand what's happening, you start getting sick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if that makes sense. It makes, it makes a lot of sense. It, when you said, like, you know, we're not... Uh, sort of fully engaging with the movie in the way that you would expect for two people who have seen it so many times. Like we don't sort of know it and there will the beats and the rhythms as well as we should. It's that I think it's a little bit of self-preservation. Or, or were you, were you well, I definitely was, I think I was, I, th- I think shifting a lot during the movie and making a lot of comments and doing a lot of asides because I think when I did stop to like settle into the movie and then I would look over and then you guys were actually focused on the movie. It was pretty unsettling the the kind of the i guess emptiness <laughs> seeing how emptily emptily to or emptily just kind yeah, of like not? void of well, ex- human experience so you, it didn't feel like it, you were experiencing anything it was like watch looking at a photo of somebody frozen in time you, both that's, at your that's what it feels you like didn't outright state this during the screen you were sort of you were looking after us you were keeping an eye on us during the film. You, we, I, I think, thought you were struggling to concentrate, but you were keeping two eyes on the you, lads. I, I think I was true. cushioning I you from it. the blow of watching this movie an eighth time in full. I think if either this of you is, actually sat down and gave a concentrated watch to this movie an eighth time, you would both get severe brain damage and like organ <laughs> failure. That's honestly, this is one of the most generous um, offers we've had from any guest who we've done Uh any any you, episodes you, of the podcast you aside from maybe us. after we did the second season Paul F. Tompkins said that we should just stop we doing it still, outright. We, he insisted that we stop doing this because of what it was doing to us but yeah you, you you looked on to what we were doing and you saw two two boys in trouble and you have really tried to help well, and you have you're, you're men mm-hmm. Okay. let's not be boys calling men calling ourselves yeah, boys. I've, I've infantilized enough myself. of that <laughs> Accept the responsibility that you're a man doing this. You're not a boy doing this. Oh, no, I don't like where this is going. No, no, no. I liked it when I was man. being called an adult, but now I've got responsibility coupled with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's it's just an opportunity to meditate on the your daily quality of life, the use of your time. Oh my the intention. god. Please don't please stop this line of thought. <laughs> the value in doing things that are conceptually funny versus the turmoil. You, of you're sort what of, you're metabolizing oh my God. any given moment of your um, day. It feels as though you're staging an intervention. 
I just feel like <laughs> there is there there are things that can be it's like oh you know that it's funny in concept but then the act of it <laughs> is is like you know a car accident for your soul over and over again yeah. kind of feels like you're that. lifting up the curtain too high um, <laughs> yeah this is scary stuff what well, can I can I ask what what um outside of the entertainment value of the idea of doing it do you feel that there are positive benefits of having seen these movies as many times as you've seen them like what what, what can you say after watching this specific movie eight times have you learned Petty, what benefit could there be to watching like fast nine nine times like what benefit could there be do you hear the how pointed you that like tone in your voices that you're pointing it at me? That should be pointed at yourself. But that's the that's that's the reason why we're doing it. Can you answer? Because, and look at my body language, by the way. As you've been like unwrapping the sort of onion of 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 the last terrifyingly almost 10 years of our lives doing this podcast together my body language i just noticed has been really like closing up like i'm getting defensive i'm trying to protect my physical body because i don't even know if this is confronting I, see, it's really interesting your perception of what your body's doing is that you're like oh i'm like closing off you're actually becoming very knife-like your body is actually weaponizing and you're kind of externalizing you're trying to rationalize and validate your own sick behavior in an externalized way that anyone who can kind of give a critical lens on that is actually, you know, um, primed to be stabbed. You think I'm turning into a knife? Yeah. In a metaphysical sense. You're, You're not right. Like physically, you. that's what's happening right now. Your hands now. are blading up. Mm-hmm. You're right. <laughs> And oh. you think that's what I'm doing is like a, a defense mechanism is that I'm I'm sort of sharpening myself so that if anyone gets too close, I can I can sort of injure them before they can get too close to me with the stuff. Well, just moments ago, how quick you were to fl- to flip a very sensible question on me mm. in a way that as as if I have any responsibility in anything that's happening. I, did, did, did that was that defense that was overly defensive of me? It didn't feel overly defensive, but it felt like. It felt like mm, not sarcasm. There, there's a deflection that happens. I think when people ask a question to fill time, they af- ask a hypothetical question to fill time in hopes that you put the onus on the other person in the hypothetical response to um, to decide whether or not it's worth it to continue to go down that road, or if they w- will be redundant and what they have to respond with if that checks out like like by you being me being like what do you think the benefits are of you doing this this long time and you being like well what do you think the benefits are it's like then it's like oh if i continue to push it then i'm maybe being a little redundant so wow it's like, it's like a gaslighting flipping the onus yeah. and on me to be the person that's like if i actually push this i'm being annoying me patty i'm being annoying when actually you're being um I was kind of vicious say, yeah. and nasty, and that's what doing this does to you. Because originally, and guy, we, you are not omitted from this. I, you have some splaining to do too. Well, I want to hear. I want to hear you. I don't care what I have to say about this because I, I feel like I'm like we, this is sick. You're sick. We, I'm getting sick. so much out of this. The this is really insightful. That we have watched it with you is because we we do care what you think. We need we need to know what you think about this because we can't share any new information you're providing new perspective at least to our experience but in terms of the movie i don't like it (laughs) have you seen a movie that you do like that many times uh eight times maybe inglorious bastards you you love that movie i like that movie what about that movie do you like i just like i like um I like. I think it's funny. I think it's well acted. I like the sort of you know the set pieces. There's some great scenes. It's got one mm-hmm. of the great opening scenes. What is the opening of that movie? Uh, Christoph Waltz, and also you know in the context of my uh, movie fandom, I didn't even know this actor existed. But he goes to a, a rural farm in France where mm-hmm. the farmer, the milk there are farmer, people hiding, hiding. Un- yeah, and he's like very charming and debonair, and he knows that there are people under the floorboards, and it's very tense. He's drinking milk. He's very, very charismatic, very villainous. It's a beautiful, it's a great opening scene. If I, if that's on, I can't stop watching, you know, I just keep going. 
I love that movie. It's nice to talk about something <laughs> I enjoy. So there's balance. Well, there's not not really. Well, you know, I'm watching um, Fast Seven seven times next. Well, there is. It sounds um, like a per- there's someone inside of you who is looking out for you in a way that the current <laughs> one that's leading right now is not. The current version of Guy that's sitting on the couch right now holding the microphone recording the podcast well this is but this is dessert you know we just worked our way through a very dry challenging meal and the oh, conversation is the truth oh, of the movie yeah this is the this is the this part fe- to look forward to, to me this feels like um sauerkraut or a digestive or some sort of digestive oh, aid is, where it's like maybe it's not the most delicious food in the world but it's so nourishing and, uh, yeah incredibly important and helpful um and yeah, it is the things that you've said so far to me really confronting. <laughs> what are the what's a movie that you've seen that you really like that you've seen as many times as you've seen this movie? <laughs> I'm not sure if there if there is one. I've seen Interstellar a lot. Um, How much is a lot? Maybe six or seven times. Okay, that's yeah. on par. Yeah. So you'll have seen Interstellar almost as many times as you'll watch the seventh Fast and Furious movie. Yeah, and <laughs> so is this now? Are you? Is this like a reassurance that, like, what you reflected with Guy? Is there a a, a, <laughs> pers- is there the a healthy is there a healthy person inside of Tim looking out for Tim? Do you I think? think? So. I think so. I hope so. I don't think I'm as healthy when it comes to self care as Guy is. What you don't think? What's so? uh, Paddy? What's a movie that you love? Is, are um, there any movies that you go back to to watch multiple times as like a, a like a comfort food movie? Um, yeah, I have a couple movies. I I love um, I love Finding Nemo. Mm. I uh, like movies that I find myself watching on a plane when I feel a little stressed out. It's like Finding Nemo, Wally. I know Wally has problematic, uh, fat phobic themes in it. Um, which is why I can't stop coming back to it. It just feeds that part of my soul, <laughs> that fat phobic part of my soul. Um, and I, I also watch Eter- Eternal Sunshine a lot on planes, and I watch um, Before Sunrise a lot. Wow. You're yeah. on a lot of planes. There's four <laughs> movies you watch a lot on planes. Well, I'm a pilot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> and I'm watching, and I'm not. I don't have. I'm not allowed to watch on a screen, so I watch movies on my phone. I download Literally. them before the flight. <laughs> that was lightning quick. Um, one thing I did notice while watching specifically this movie, and I know that say its name, Fate of the Furious, is you've got a real eye for detail on cars. You're, you were mm. obsessed with the idea there was a Subaru Impreza in the final scene. Like, I bet you there was. <laughs> I'm not no, taking the bet. So when you, here's the thing. You guys are working backwards through the franchise. There are more Imprezas to come. <laughs> it's there cool. Are it's some, good. There's, Lan- there's Mitsubishi Lancers. There's Eclipses. There's Eclipse so, Spiders. Do you, do you like cars? There's Dodge Challengers. <laughs> Dodge Chargers. There's Nissan GTRs, there's Skylines, there's multiple different, there's different version Skylines, there's BMW M3s. <laughs> you love there's, cars. There's a, a fucking Enzo Ferrari. Is there? Well, what's that then? You love cars. No, I think the Ferrari Enzo is in the Charlie's, Charlie's Angels. You love cars. Oh, and you have good recall. Not, I don't have good recall. No? I couldn't tell you what that movie was about. <laughs> the one we That's just watched. It's a different thing though. Mm. Do you want to have a crack? No, I, it was, we talked, we talked about it Yeah. before the podcast. That's when I said what I had to say about no, the movie. I think it is about from what you explained to me generously is that Dom Tredo has a nephew or a cousin who's oh, really, yeah, yeah. he's gorgeous. Yeah, he is. He's got stunning eyes. He's got beautiful curls He's very model-esque. I'm sure in real life that actor has a modeling contract. And if he does, I'd love to see some of the photos that he's, uh, some editorial photos he's been in, because I'm sure he has an amazing body under those clothes. Um, And so he is in the movie for about three seconds. (laughs) (laughs) I remember him. And then his uncle is a, is like a, he, he is, he pawns people's cars or something. And so they get in a race in the beginning to try and get Dom Toretto's car back or something. Is that a lie? 
No, you're, you're in the bullpark. Um, and then somehow they get to... So you skip forward a little bit. There are... Charlize Theron is in a submarine that is shooting missiles <laughs> on ice lake. Okay, hold on. And there, someone ramps a car over sand <laughs> and on, hits a chain that's holding up <laughs> no, a big steel the the bar now. or beam. Yeah. Um, and a baby has headphones on and Jason Statham sexually assaults a bunch of people on a plane. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's, <laughs> that's what happened Have you described movie. it? And then, <laughs> and then um, someone shoots the baby's mom to death. But the mom is actually married to Chris Hemsworth, who has an amazing body. <laughs> he has an incredible V, like his cum gutters. And he's got great pecs and yeah. like really tiny waist, but like huge shoulders. How old do you think and he is? he plays Thor. Huh? How old do you think Chris Hemsworth is? Uh, 22. Pretty close, 39. Mm. 39? Yeah. Do you know when his birthday is? No. We should do something for Chris Hemsworth's 40th. That would be nice. Have a little party nice or something. Reach out. Is he here in Australia? Sometimes. We've sort of fallen out of touch. You know, uh, someone told me they saw Eric Bana on the street here in Melbourne the other day. Like what? a couple of days ago. He he was a stand up. He did stand up before he got into acting. I learned after when they said that they told they, they, told they the showed same. me photos of him doing sketch. Yeah, is this the guy who was um, the Hulk? Mm-hmm. Briefly, the original one. Yeah, ever so briefly. I don't even know. I couldn't pick Eric Banner in the lineup. I don't know what that guy looks like. He's really handsome. Yeah, he's, he's like dark hair. So like me, not like guy. Yeah, he's. he's I would say he's more like. The nephew from Fast Eight. Okay, it's a kind of yeah, that same good touchstone. Yeah, that's fascinating. Okay, so we've got um, Chris Hemsworth's got great cum gutters. Jason Statham's sexually assaulted a bunch of people on a plane. Anything else that stood out plot wise? Um, there is uh, there's some plot happening with uh, Dom Toretto is working for the bad guys. He is being blackmailed. Charlie's throne has his baby and the mom. And uh, so, and she wants what an EMP mm. is that like yes. electromagnetic pulse thing? Oh my gosh. And then, um, and so she, but, and she has dreads. Um, it's but important. she's rocking them. Um, mm. And she mm. has blue eyes. And at one point, she's in a computer chair and they, and Dom Toretto swings her around in the chair. And it's really sexy. Um, you never get to see her pussy though. Yeah. That's a shame. They don't show it in the movie and they don't even imply it's there. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I've thought every time I watch it, what well, am I meant to think that Charlize Theron no longer has her pussy? She no longer has it. <laughs> she no longer has it. These movies need to be more explicit with stuff like this because it can get in the way of the actual plot they're trying to get you to concentrate on if they yeah. don't specifically address. Do you- do you, I'll direct this maybe to Guy, do you think that, uh, do you think Michelle Rodriguez has a pussy in this film because of what we see in Cuba, there's sort of like the insinuation of sexual contact? And uh, does that just sort of fill in more blanks? Oh, like, because they, they do have their, like, sex scene in the oh, movie. We know well, she's, we know yeah. she's yeah. got post-coital yeah. sort of cuddle scene. We know she's got arms. You see that she has arms. And we see that she has a neck. Yeah. And I believe... We don't know that they've both got the whole package. Clavicle as well. I think the sheet is down low enough that we yeah. see that well, that no, exists. There's the part... There is the part where they're all the... Um, all, so they're confronting Dom Toretto and he's in his his famous Dodge Charger. Um, oh, and they're cool. all... And he's like... He's trying to get away from them. And it's like... It's really sad because it's like all of his former friends his former team are now having to like team up to try and take him down so it's kind of like really conflicting to watch that and you really see it in the performance they're all giving incredible performances and they're all kind of like their cars are all surrounded surrounding um dom and so they all like latch their cars on they like harpoon their cars and there's a moment where they're flashing between each person Mm. and everyone's kind of like slamming they're trying to like pull the car apart basically hold him in place so that he doesn't get away he doesn't escape and they're cutting in between each person in their car and they cut to um they cut to michelle rodriguez and she is trying to like reverse her car put it into gear and they um they're like cutting back and forth and they show her and she's like gassing and she's having a hard time so she 
to shift into a lower gear, she pulls out her pussy and she grabs the <laughs> the stick and she shifts it. And so they show her pussy in that part. Yeah. And they show it it's prehensile. Mm-hmm. It it's prehen the lips are prehensile. They it, it's almost like the way that like a cuttlefish how cuttlefish and squid they have their base six tentacles and then they have the longer more prehensile two like tentacles that they use as more like hunting they like shoot out okay it's kind of her labia uh menorah the her or her or her inner labia mm. are prehensile and they grab onto the shift yeah i cannot she, believe in i viewings it's, of this movie maybe I've missed one it. frame so it's in it's in the uh, <laughs> it's a single frame yeah you blink and miss it but they put it in just like have you seen how fast cuttlefish and squid are when they shoot their tentacles out to grab yeah fish? i have seen i have seen that i haven't seen michelle rodriguez's pussy in f8 but i have seen that's that it, well that's because it's faster than that yeah wow and does she do that or is that got a stunt hmm? was that her acting or is that got a stunt person or cgi maybe or was it a um did she have a pussy double do you think because there's interesting financial ramifications for that, I think. <laughs> when stars are shifting gears with their own pussy or if they're getting someone else well, it's to like, sub in for it's a double. like, obviously, I don't blame an actor if they don't feel comfortable doing it and they want to hire a double. But also, I think it's like when I do see an actor do it themselves, I'm like, you know that big props to them it's brave to put yourself out there that way like again body doubles use them if you're not comfortable doing that but i just think it's awesome that she chose to like show her real pussy and grab the thing with her pussy in the movie and it's her real pussy for sure very cool you know you actually really um i underestimated how much attention you were paying the movie it's um you know, it's, in between, it's, but based on everything you've said, you seem you mu- you seem to think I'm like really stupid. No, no, I I found Patty, myself. There's, there's, there hasn't been any question of your intelligence today, solely to the attention that you were giving the movie. Which I I, I look, I'm in guys' boat. It didn't look like a person who was fully engaged with what was happening on film. But well, we were, you were wrong. Bu- you were busy looking after us as well, which is something I found out after the fact. Well, it was it was. Um, it's kind of one of those things where you're like, it's like, I don't know, you have empathy, so you can imagine. You ever feel like... I can imagine having you, empathy. You know how like women talk about like when they're walking on the street at night and then they like, they hear that someone's walking behind them and so they feel like they kind of have to like, mm. be like, okay. But like, and it doesn't matter. It's like, you know, you tell yourself nothing bad's going to happen to you. Nothing bad's going to happen to you. Nothing bad's going to happen to you. But there's just like that built in fear based on our society of like what men are capable of. I felt that exact same feeling while I was watching this movie with you two sitting kind of behind me. Oh, no. I was like, what are they going to do? Oh, yikes. Because <laughs> again, I look back and the look on your face was like. <laughs> a lot of times a movie was playing and guy, and guy was just like. Looking down at his knees. People, um, most people won't be able to see what's happening visually. So my attempt at describing it is just a face devoid of any expression or emotion whatsoever. Like a jaw slightly, just barely slacked, eyes at half mass, eyelids at half mass. I uh, gaze down toward the floor. And we were behind you giving that... Um, that's awful. That made me think of like when uh, when when Trump was um, behind Hillary Clinton on that debate stage. There'd be an apt comparison. Skulking around. I think he was probably looking at her thong. <laughs> <laughs> I have insider information. Yeah. That that she was wearing her pantsuit actually was had a back cut out where you oh. could see their skin wow. and the pants dipped really low. Hillary Clinton? Mm-hmm. That's kind of freaking sexy. And she had a thong on. Yeah. Pulled high, pulled high Pam Anderson Baywatch style. Oh. In you know 2016, the above the pant line. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's nice. And they don't want to, they, they're like e- Hillary's emails, Pizzagate, yada, yada. They don't talk about her being... She knew what she was doing. That's a psyop. She's trying to get in his head by being like, 
you she, ever seen something like this before, Mister Trump? She's saying and you he, can't have this, or do you want this, or? I think I think she's leaving it up to him oh, to decide. Wow, which is so scary what women are capable of, and that's why we don't we're not ready for a woman president. <laughs> True words never spoken. It's nice to finally have someone on the podcast who has the guts <laughs> to call it exactly how they see it. <laughs> I'm just tired of I'm just tired of being a sheep in this world. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well if you have a home but you're not always at home you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Eddie, we've got a recurring segment on the podcast called The Shining Light because um, with the movies that we watch, traditionally they're pretty not great films. Mm-hmm. Um, so we like to burst through the ocean of negativity by having something that is positive that we actually enjoyed mm-hmm. about that specific screening of that specific movie. If you would like, we're happy to go first or if you have something that – spoke to you from this movie a moment a beat a character a line that you were like that's good i want i i know what i have to say but i want to hear what you guys have to say well i i said it out loud when it happened uh it's at the very start the handsome cousin they're framing up for the race and there's the sort of debt collector and vin squaring off and michelle rodriguez says something and then uh she says something in spanish and then the debt collector says something in spanish back and then Vin Diesel sort of arcs up because he's he's a traditional alpha dog. Who, you know, a woman cannot stand up for herself, mm. and he sort of muscles in, and then she smiles because she's seen this play out before, and she says, "Ho ho, now you're going to have a problem." And uh, I like I like the the line read. I like everything it says about their relationship in the movie. I like how much faith Letty has in Dom. Um, I just thought it was. I like the acting and I liked it as a piece of storytelling inside of the film. It really got, it really spoke to me. Interesting. That's really nice. And, and, and there's more of that to come <laughs> for you on your journey of watching these movies. <laughs> You'll be very pleasantly surprised. There's only more. Very traditional gender roles playing out mm. on the silver screen. I liked Rhodes, but I think I might have already. Um, had him as a shining light for me You've and I don't like to Rhodes double up. for a very long time. But he was a real boy in an ocean of despair for me today because I think... B-U-O-Y, by the way. B-U-O-Y, yeah. boy. A or buoy. A buoy. Depending on where you're from. How do you say it? Um, a, a buoy? Mm-hmm. Like a, in the ocean? Yeah. It makes or more like sense because it's such a different thing and it's spelled differently. Why would it be said the same way? Deferring to American pronunciation, but also buoy is not how it's spelt either. It should be like buoy, uh, buoy, 
Sounds ridiculous. But um, bo- boy. Bo- boy. I will say earlier you mentioned Deadpool and I liked the way your accent sounded saying Deadpool. Deadpool. Oh, yeah, because of the O's? Yeah. It's, Deadpool. It's different. Do you know what I was really cognizant of coming in today is that in the Kiwi accent, and I have this very badly, we often pronounce T's as D's. And your name is Patty. Patty. And now oh, I'm yeah. over-enunciating it. But my oh, default would be like, Patty. I don't care. Why? Is that because Pat, with two D's, it's masculine? And because I'm transgender, you're <laughs> worried that I'm going to think you're like misgendering me or something? Uh, there wasn't where I went with it. Uh, I've actually got. I've got a joke for exactly this. Oh, um, well, it's just it's a street joke, but it's uh, how did the butcher introduce his wife? Meet Patty. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's good gear. I always noticed you guys that can it, have that. How did the butcher introduce his wife? How? Meet Patty. <laughs> how did how did the butcher introduce his wife? How? how? He grab her, he fish hook her in her fucking mouth. He said, "Get in here, you fucking stupid bitch! Come meet, come meet my coworkers, you stupid fucking bitch!" It's a powerful way to introduce people, and what I think a butcher would do because they're powerful people, slaughtering animals all well, day. Well, they they have the the cleaver. Hell yeah. yeah. And that ability, where do you think when they're practic- they're so good at that at in the meat shop, mm, that yeah. action because it's- when they're at home, they're on their wife and they're going. <laughs> Dang, developing those butcher muscles. Meat that's patty. that's, you think a, that's butchers a lot. work backwards from being abusive husbands. Do you think that's how they get into butchery? They're like, I could get paid for this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this I a- think I a think, waste of an applied skill set. I think Patty's like, wait, before before you do it one more time, just think of how much more happy you'd be if you were putting that skill into a vocation. Yeah, and making a living. Wow, and, and he still treats it that way. That's and that's, finally some relief. Yeah, it's upsetting. It Makes is. me think of that butcher Jesse Plemons in um in Fargo, one of the seasons. I don't watch a show. Yeah, they made he, it anyway. Jesse Plemons, the actor. Yeah, he's acting against Kirsten Dunst. I think it's how they met. I think against it's the cute. Yeah, well, you know, with her alongside. Is that is that a common like turn of phrase to in Act New Zealand someone. to be like, yeah, yeah? But I think it's not. Um, it was competitive. I always look at it like visually. Or like interpret it visually. You're acting against someone. So someone's like on the opposite side of you, an opposite side of a conversation. Mm -hmm. But also sort of spiritually, I'd say in this episode, Tim and I are podcasting against you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I feel that. Well, I think it's kind of unfortunately the composition of the room is that you two are on a couch and then I'm in like a chair in the hotel flat I that gave me that feels incredibly therapized when you were sitting in your comfortable yeah. chair and I was literally on a couch while there was sort of some some quite intelligent diagnosis I think of what I'm doing to myself with the podcast I just well mm-hmm. well no you go ahead Patty I was just gonna say I don't think what I could what anything that I said could really consider be considered therapizing because I think I have too much a of a point of view. I'm infusing too much of it with my opinion, which is not necessarily That's what the best therapy the is all about. Of a good therapist. No, that's I think the that's the best therapy. Bad therapy's like I'm hearing you're saying this. Great therapy is you need to do this. You need to cut this person out of your life. You need to tell your boss to shove it. You need to go to the gym. Do you, do you think you need to keep watching Wally as a reminder to not eat those foods is that what your therapist is like do you have a therapist no but i'm hoping to find one like that do you think uh, tim should cut me out of his life patty here's the thing no (laughs) you two seem to be close friends and you have a rapport that's really wonderful and you seem to have a lot of fun and feel comfort and safety with each other let's just be mindful of when safety crosses over into being enabling and it seems so far 
you've only enabled each other into being semi unhealthy in a way that only functions to be um, harmful directly to you most of the time. But now I've been brought into this orbit. And from yeah. what I understand, David O'Doherty is being brought into that orbit just late, just moments after this. Do you feel like injured by proximity to what we've created? I'm not injured, but I'm changed. Oh, wow. Positively or negatively? Or is it sort of outside of that spectrum? It's too soon to tell. Okay. Well, it's nice uh, to know this has left a mark. Return to my original question was, was there a bit of the film that you enjoyed? Before you do that, Tim. Oh. You skirted around outlining what you enjoyed. It was, Connor, it was just Connor Rhodes. He's oh, just, you just... Done, no, 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 you've done Connor you got to do something new. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, you get his ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... Fucking bitch. I've never... Uh, <laughs> I really like seeing Roman skidding across the ice on the mm. door. I think it's a cool thing it's like it's like a bit of extreme sports in the movie mm -hmm. that gets inserted to kind of service that section of the audience that might have grown up with the x games or whatever you think he's dead because he's in a maserati what is he in a oh, sorry i'm asking I, I should ask the car um you know expert well, guy was on it what is it is it an orange lamborghini oh a lambo that's right lamborghini mercy and everyone's mocking him because it's skidding and skating around because he picked the flashy car instead of the appropriate car for the conditions in Russia. Mm. And then the ice breaks, he sinks, we all think he's died. Ludacris shoots a harpoon into the Lambo, dragging him through the icy water where he's trapped yeah. underneath the surface of it. A situation where you would presume someone would die and we all think he has died. And then we hold our breath and then, crashing up out of the surface of the ice and water, a door appears with Roman holding on for dear life. And he skids across like a toboggan. And it's pretty cool. And and then he immediately murders four people. Yes. He shoots four people to death. Yeah. Yep. And and I think the line, the, the little quip he has is, I'm sick of this. This is no, who's it's number, something my ass. It's some, yeah, number 11, my ass, because he found he was 11th on Interpol's most wanted list, and he thinks mm. he deserves a higher ranking. And yeah. so by murdering four Russian separatists, who we don't even know their standing relative to anyone's government. Um, is that my phone? I think that, is that the alarm that you set? No, that's an, an independent alarm. But we are just about to wrap up, and you're not getting out of here, Patty, without telling us what specifically you enjoyed. Okay. From our film, our um, film. Well, I, uh, you know, the door stuff. There is there is a lot of door stuff that <laughs> was interesting to see. That like felt. Um, I guess that's more of a criticism because I was about to say it felt like there was too much door stuff, um, but they didn't have someone to do door pass. So I'm actually not going to veer down that <laughs> way anymore. I'm sorry. I'm not answering your question, and I'm wasting time. Um, I, we talked about it a little earlier, but I think something that I appreciate about all of the Fast and Furious movies is the, the grandiosity of the action sequences and like the technical, like just like how insane some of the stunts are, even though there is a lot of computer animation some of the stuff that they shoot it just ha it's like we are we are so just kind of bludgeoned i think with action movies and stuff that you get jaded when like mm. like the scene where the guy drives the car onto the moving plane it's like you've seen that so many times in a movie that it doesn't register as like it's just like in a scene if someone's like walking into a door and setting down their car keys is like the same reaction I have to someone like driving a car out of a moving plane. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and then there's like a, they jump out of the car and they're like parachuting. It's like, you've just seen it so many times, but some of the ways that they film the driving sequences is, is so cool. And I would just feel like it would be crazy to like how it'd be crazy to see how they coordinate that stuff. You, it just at, feels so dangerous. At one point you were describing the cars as like um, bodies in a Kung Fu film. It was quite beautiful. I, I agreed. Yeah. And, and the boy, even bodies in a porn. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, the scene where the cars fuck, it felt a lot like that. Yeah, the the muffler bent. Yeah. And distended. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and went into the spoiler. The Michelle. Oh, that's right. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> that might I don't think that might be from an earlier one that we haven't seen yet. I don't think that was in hmm? this film. It, uh, I like uh, yeah. I like the idea of using uh, cars because we've um, I think on the podcast hopefully otherwise I've had a really weird uh, conversation out of context about this but people who have sex with cars people who is, fuck it, is cars. it like mechophilia or something yeah. what is it there's yeah or like auto auto sexuals yeah um, but instead of that like just removing the whole human element from it and having a porn movie that is it's car it's like disney's cars but a porno mm -hmm. you know what i mean so they're all just cars yeah, like humans love, aren't a part of it i'd love to see you know like a little thumbnail if you're on one of those dirty websites where it's like lightning mcqueen you know with a big cock coming yeah. out of underneath his chassis i mean what? i didn't originally want them to be um anthropomorphized at all but now i think that would be pretty fun actually yeah. i just so did you say blighton mcqueen with a big cock coming out from under his chest or his chassis his chassis his chassis so uh, what i i do think it would be fascinating is that i really felt like when the movie cars came out it was a surprising and felt like intentionally subversive choice to make the windshield the eyes and not the head headlights the eyes yeah the cars. And I feel like they would maybe follow that mindset when placing the cock or the pussy well, on the asshole where, you know, most people would assume that the muffler is the yeah, orifice. Sure. But do you think they would do something like well, the yeah, trunk is the ass or the pussy? The is, to be consistent with how they've started off with the biology of how these cars work, I think maybe they've made the um, hinge for the front door. That's the pussy. Often the <laughs> issue is... Um, the hinge for the which one <laughs> so it's asymmetrical it's asymmetrical yeah because they're cars they're not people the issue mm. is that a lot of the time the people who are animating the the pornos aren't you know they're not the ones who came up with the original designs so it's difficult for the people who are making the r18 versions of these imagine to, um, if all because i think like we did get, you say r18 yeah i described um porn films as r18 what is that rated the rating 18. 18 and over, you're allowed uh, to watch. 17 and 364 days. Uh, uh, uh. I can't remember what it's called. And like, what's the American rating system if you have to be 18 to see a movie? An R-rated movie. Rated R? Yeah. But that's, rated R isn't pornographic. Rated X is pornographic. Uh, and oh, there's yeah. movies that are NC-17, which is, rated R movies, you can be under 18 or uh, if you're with a parent. And then NC-17, technically, I think the MPAA rating for it used to be that you could not be under 17. Like, even if you were with your parent, you had to be above 17 years old to see the movie. For which ones? For X? For, for NC-17. And that's like a movie oh. with, like, explicit sexual... Mm. Usually, it's just for sex. So, how hardcore does something need to be to be... So, there's NC-17, and you yeah. have to be 17 to see that. Guardians... <laughs> Irrelevant. There, but yeah. then there's X as well. Rated X that, is porn. As soon as you put a you know a pussy on a door hinge, that's X. I was wondering if because like I feel we limit ourselves so much when we um sort of put our own conditioning onto objects that aren't human or even traditionally animal that maybe these cars could be like all of them hermaphroditic. So they have like a pussy on one side and a cock and balls on the other, and that's how it sort of. Because you really raised an eyebrow thinking about the logistics of an asymmetrical mm -hmm. sexual organ on the car. But what if there was like one on each hinge? Is that anything, Patty? <laughs> well, I do have to ask uh, hermaphroditic. I feel... Um, I'm not even sure if that's is, a word. Is that? I think it is. Okay. Um, if then then i feel like that suggests like more like what what is what's like the mating cycle for the car then if it has both parts 
Is think, it purely for sexual? I think often they, they are aligned perfectly so the cars can get up on their hind wheels and drive directly towards each other and they're both experiencing <laughs> sexual pleasure from both respective organs. Uh, I feel, well, wait, so, but wait, but no. <laughs> I think, Tim, you were saying that the pussy's on one side, that cock and balls is on the other. So Correct. it's the left and the right side of the car. It's not yeah. the back or the front. Yeah. So I don't think any mounting's happening. I think they're actually parking side by side. Oh, it's like a, it's like a roll, when you a eat at like a place that has like roller skating where they <laughs> yeah. skate up to the car and they put the little thing on the side of the door. That's kind of where yeah. the, the, it would flop out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I feel this is as good a place as any to end, uh, uh, I suppose, meditation on um, Fate of the Furious. It's been a, a journey to get through all eight of those films. And I speak, you know, on the ongoing mission of getting through the entire franchise with great excitement mm. about our next screening. And Patty, it's been genuinely, incredibly insightful and by turns um, quite absurd <laughs> having you join us for this conversation well, so thank before, you before you do your big close i have to ask each of you after eight viewings of this movie what is the message that you've taken the one takeaway from from the message of the film the m- message that the movie wants you to think that this whole franchise is about and just I, the eighth movie the message they want you to think that from it's that. about is family Mm-hmm. But that's not correct. You can't just say the word family a bunch of times and then retrospectively say, "Look, that's what we told you this this movie franchise is about." Because it's it's a it's a tack on. What this is really about is cars and the petrodollar, and I think the American Empire's stranglehold culturally, financially, militarily over the world. And I just think there's so many examples of it peppered throughout the two films we've seen so far. I'm looking forward to seeing more cinematic examples of American hegemony. And um, I think that's the real message of the fate of the furious because it's the fate of the world. We are fated to all live under the watchful eye of Uncle Sam. I think it's about how Charlize Theron has lost her pussy. And she's furious. Yeah, she's grown dreadlocks about it. (laughs) Well, uh, Patty, thank you so much. Have you got anything coming out that you'd like people to uh, to look forward to or towards or at? Um, yeah, I've got some allegations against me coming out. <laughs> well, keep an eye out for those. Uh, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next week for Fast 7, A New Dawn. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.